Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, February 6, 2024. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adio A. Jr. Joining me is LaCroix Poppy, Tim Ma. Gettys. Pleasure to be here with you today, Bless. Exciting day. Yeah. Final Fantasy VII State of Play. Bone Stars. Bone Stars. Yeah. Yeah. It's out today. Plus. Mm-hmm. Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park. They're they're uh, there. Yeah, they're, they're there. I just I just saw your shirt. I'm like, oh, Lincoln Park shirt. No, oh, yeah. This is their 20th anniversary of Meteora. Hey, well, just, what year did what year did it come out? 20, 2003. Oh God, time flies. Holy yeah. shit! I did not realize <laughs> it's, it's been really a year. crazy. Yeah. yeah. Although, so I've been the, a lot of the the albums that I grew up listening to are now celebrating their like twenty year, ten year anniversaries, mm-hmm. mainly twenty year anniversaries. Um, and they're putting out like super dope collectors vinyls that come with shirts and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm super into it. Very up my alley. That's a Tim Getty special right there. Nostalgia and overpriced collectors items. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna want that shit. Uh, specifically when it involves music. But the, I keep getting got by certain things because it's like cool. There's the Lincoln Parks and there's the M and M's and like all this stuff coming out with this shit. But then. They'll just put out other things just randomly. Like Fort Minor just put out their um, the Rising Tide, their first album, um, as like a vinyl and stuff. And like I saw it on Instagram, I was like, "Oh shit, I gotta buy it!" So I bought it, thinking it was the 20 year anniversary. And I started doing the math. I'm like, "There's no way this adds up." I just bought the vinyl. <laughs> You're just like, "Oh, just nothing special about it." Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, yeah. Did but now s- I have it, so that's cool. Speaking of Eminem, did you see that Eminem recently dissed Benzino? I did. That's strange, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that that's still happening. And honestly. It was kind of a banger. The one that just came out? The M1? The new one? Yeah. The, the one from Eminem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think that was a banger? I, for what it was, which is not something that we're going to be talking about forever, but for, for, for what it was being a Benzino disc, I would rather it happen than not happen. You're crazy. Really? You're insane. You yeah. know what? Maybe, I listened to it. I was like, this is fucking terrible. Okay. I mean, I need to check it out later to like, think, like see where exactly where it's maybe, at. I, I mean, gave it one listen. I, I was like, all right, I'm get just so, I'm such a hater of like current Eminem. Best thing is, I only feel like he gets worse with age. So when I hear him rapping about Benzino, and like I forget the bar, he had like a bar talking about how he, Benzino's the opposite of a giraffe because he doesn't have a neck. I'm like, what are we talking about? No, but see, that's what always, are we doing? There's always. Here? The, I'm not saying it's perfect. I, I, okay, okay. Here's, here's the thing. Let me, let me take a step back. Saying. Let me take one step back. Uh-huh. I, I'm the banger I was referring to was the feature he just had, Juice World feature oh, or something. Okay. So well, he was going off rapping about drugs and shit, and I was like, this, this is it. Okay, I think I know what you're... It was well, like a month... Within the last month it came out, and that, that was like one of the best verses I've heard from him in a long-ass gotcha, time. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, but I did listen to the Benzino thing, and I don't remember hating it. So we'll have to check this out. Out I'm later. It, it ain't no... Say what you say. No, <laughs> definitely not. That's the thing is, like, when I look at the, the catalog of Eminem disses, Eminem is a person who puts out top-tier disses. Yeah, but like, he also he, puts out a lot of shit. I guess that's why I think, I'm coming from the place of this isn't his worst. Well, okay, what's the worst Eminem diss? I feel like... When the era where dissing, he was dissing Mariah, the era where he was Here's dissing. the thing. Should he have been dissing Mariah? No. But the Mariah disses themselves? <laughs> you want to tell me the warning <sighs> is Lord. one of the best disses ever made? 
oh man, I don't know if I can be with you on that one. But <laughs> of course, we can agree when it comes to video games. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about today's mm -hmm. stories, which include Phil Spencer has spoken, IGN is unionizing, and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about live on YouTube, Twitch, and podcast services around the globe if you love what we do please support us with the kind of funny membership on patreon or youtube to get all of our shows ad free watch us record them live and get a daily exclusive show for a chance to be a part of the show submit your thoughts and opinions as youtube super chats as we go housekeeping for you we got a final fantasy 7 rebirth reaction coming at you there's a state of play happening later today tim and a cast We'll be reacting to it live, and the record, I don't know who the cast is. <laughs> it is honestly, it is a special cast that yeah. I, that that you're gonna have to tune in to see. Tune in we're to not see. gonna promote it before, there but it is special. I then, promise you. Yeah, we're doing a state of play uh, or a state of play reaction, so tune in for that. Uh, and there was another thing. Oh, there's a sponsored thing, right? That we're doing. We're doing Foam Stars right after this. Yeah, the it is going to be um, Greg, Mike, and Andy playing a little Foam Stars, having some SGF redemption for me. For how they screwed me having some over. foam fun having some fun in the foam fun, fun wait the foam. how are they redeeming you when they were the ones who were being mean to you um because they're gonna get their asses kicked oh okay yeah. okay by just the other random's out there mm -hmm. so you're saying the the rest of the internet is gonna redeem you gotcha thank okay. you internet we'll be hilarious if you. like they get demolished in a foam stars game and then the, like at the end of the match the leaderboard pops up and tim gettys is on the opposite team at number one yeah with 20 kills i don't know if you get kills in that game but <laughs> Check it out yeah. after this. Uh, a new kind of funny podcast is up right now, and it's all about Rogers' uh, almost half marathon and the scandal surrounding it. That's over on youtube.com slash kind of funny. When I tell you that I was putting to together this house housekeeping, and I was like, okay, what went up? And I saw the kind of funny podcast. So I looked at the title. I was like, okay, cool. Let's talk about the scandal. I type out scandal, and I'm like, there's something wrong here. <laughs> this isn't how I, how I spell scandal. Yeah. And I look back at the headline, and somebody somebody misspelled scandal in the kind of funny podcast headline yeah and spelled in a very funny way i don't know what i don't yeah it was nick you know i was I'm gonna, gonna say throw names. Him under, i'm throwing him under the bus here because here's the thing Listen, i, I, I do the, the the metadata for the majority of the shows and so it's it's on me and i'll say i'm not good at spelling yeah. uh but i'm i i care <laughs> about trying to get it right you yeah. know what i mean and the biggest thing there is i hate that like we do a lot of shit in google docs so Google Sheets is where all our like headlines are. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have the little squiggly line when you For get sure. something wrong. And that pisses me off. Just let me. Like, I'm a baby. Help me. Yeah. I'm with you. Gaga. I, I, yes. Listen, I'm with you. Now, <laughs> here's the thing for me in headlines, right? I do the headlines for all the KHDs. It's only like four to five words in a headline. It's not. Yeah. It's like, I just read twice. I'm like, okay, well, that's not how that's spelled. I figure, I, yeah. I figure that shit so out. That's why when I, you're writing I, an article, it's like, okay, you need the squiggly line sometimes. But even then, though, like the amount of times I get something wrong just because I, I got my stupid fat fingers and I type it wrong, happens. you know. But I'll look at it and then I'll copy and paste it into Google. Then I have to go back to see how, it, like, to make sure it's spelled the right way. The real but Nick just doesn't do that. And like to to throw uh, Nick some bail here, right? Mm -hmm. Scandal is not spelled the way that I think it should be spelled. Yeah, you're right. I think it should be spelled the way Nick spelled mm -hmm. in the headline. Why is there an A? Like, why is there a second A in Scandal? Yeah, I don't know. There's, this is a scandal. There you go. Thank you to our Patreon producers. Or actually, before I even thank our Patreon producers, shout out to KFAF. It's coming back February 9th for part two of our anniversary stream that's happening February 9th. Uh, the Photoshop challenge theme is the future. You can tweet your Photoshops at kind of funny vids with hashtag KFAF to join in on the fun. I'm so glad Nick doesn't listen to the show because I feel like if he listened to the show, he'd be very mad. No, he fucking knows. Like spelling is one of his weaker suits. Yeah. It's always been a thing with him. It, he I knows. think that's, that's a kind of funny thing though, right? Like I feel like most we're all of us bad are, at spelling. 
Not that we're all. I'm great at spelling. I'm gonna be. I'm. I'm. I'm very confident in my spelling skills. I feel like most of this company, though, not yeah. great at spelling. Yeah. Name names. <laughs> Roger. <laughs> Roger Joshua Picorni. Uh, is Joshua his middle name? I don't know. No, I just made that. God up. damn it! I really wish it was. I don't know why that excites me so much. But like, I Mike's in that in that category too. I don't know about okay. Greg. I think Greg's good. Greg's Mister Journalist. That's yeah. true. You know what I mean, like he went to school. Barry, how's your spelling? It's fine. I'm a high yeah. school graduate. Yeah, I was there. Like my <laughs> high school fine. graduate. I, I took college classes once. That's fair enough. Listen, spelling's <laughs> off the chain. All right, we're going to do a spelling bee one day. Uh, thank you to our Patreon producers, Carl Jacobs, Streaking A Easy, and Delaney Twining. Today we're brought to you by the new Kind of Funny merch, but we'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Tim, Phil has spoken. Mm-hmm. This came from a tweet yesterday from at Xbox P3, a.k.a. Phil Spencer, who tweeted this. We're listening and we hear you. We've been planning a business update event for you, or we've been planning a business update event for next week, where we look forward to sharing more details with you about our vision for the future of Xbox. Stay tuned. Now, of course, this is coming off of discussions we had yesterday and discussions that were happening over the weekend about Xbox exclusives coming to other platforms like PlayStation uh, and Switch. The conversation started off with Starfield and then extended into Indiana Jones. And then people were, people, Jeff Grubb was talking about Gears possibly coming to PlayStation. Unprecedented times, bless. Mm -hmm. We keep talking about it. A lot's been happening. A lot's been changing. Where we're at currently right now is one week away from having an official statement. That gives us one entire week for more rumors to come in, more conversation, more discourse, more speculation, mm -hmm. all of it, right? But we do know that none of it actually matters until next week when they come through and tell us what's actually going on. I am actually pretty surprised that we're officially getting some type of, hey, we're going to address this. And I also understand people are going to be like, this is the worst way to possibly do this. You're giving everyone a week to talk shit, whatever. This is not just a decision. These are not just things that you can be like, oh man, people are mad. Yeah. We got to just say something. You need to regroup. You need to think, especially when, when we're talking about decisions this big, that again, we don't even know exactly what this is all going to be talking about the now, you know, because we're, we're yesterday, we spent a lot of time talking about what the now is going to mean for the future. Mm -hmm. But we're now, I think next week going to hear it. I would be surprised if it is talking about like stuff like directly, like this is the future of Xbox in a major way. I think it's more like dealing with the present to kind of like quell fears. Yeah. But I still think it's going down the direction that inevitably is going to end in a place that we were talking about. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I believe the reports, right? Like I, there's like, there's a difference between pure rumor and speculation and people actually reporting. And then there's a weird space in between, right? Where in this new era of Twitter, I know Twitter's been around for 20 years, but like, in the era of social media that we're in, there are people that function both as reporters, but there are also people that speculate at mm -hmm. the same time, right? Like I look at Jeff, and I use that as like a positive thing. Yeah. I look at Jeff Grubb as a person who does what we do. He talks on podcasts, he speculates, he does all this shit, right? But also he's a person that knows people, that knows things. And so he takes that information and he also reports at the same time. Uh, and we have people that are, the, 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 the names on the internet that we recognize is like, oh man, the Bill Bill Coons of the world. Mm -hmm. You know shit, but you're just like a an avatar on the online or you work for an outlet right you're, you're somebody who is just in the space of social media that 
shares the things they know. The ways in which we've gotten the information in the last few days, we've it's been from The Verge, right? It's been from Jeff Grubb. It's been from people that are reputable enough to where it's like, oh no, that's happening. Like the these games are going to come to PlayStation and other platforms. Like that is a that's that that is the thing that's going to happen. The question is, yeah, like what are they actually going to say next week? Because I'm of the mind, like I see a lot of talk online of they have to come out and say something. They have to come out and tell us everything that's going on. I. And technically, on a, on the business sense, right? On the business wise, they don't have to tell a shit. They have to protect their brand. They have to protect their IP. They have to protect, like they have to protect their business. Like that's what they have to do. And that's not me being like, oh, they, like this is what they should do or whatever. That's what they're obligated to do. On the PR side, yeah, they should quell feels, fear, fears like you're talking about. But I think there is a like one of those is one thing, and the other is one it is another thing in a way that I don't know what they're about to say. Now. And I think I think that is the most interesting thing is I think no matter what's happening, whether there is a divide within Xbox within Microsoft of people that believe in this strategy and people that are against this strategy, I think that what you're talking about about the business needs, the PR needs, no matter what, there's tension happening. Right? Oh, for sure. And I feel like that is why with the like, tension, there needs to be a level of let's get on the same page as much as possible. Yeah. What's the best foot forward? And the big question I have is, what is next week going to be? Because I, yeah, because I don't think they're going to come out next week and say Starfield's coming to PlayStation in 2025. I don't, I don't think they'd say that until they're ready, right? Like you want that to come with the trailer. You want that to come with a, lo a level of hype. You want that to come with a level of marketing push behind it, right? You don't come out at a business thing and be like, hey, we see our fans are upset, but just to set it straight, like Starfield is going to come to play. Like, I don't think that's the place you say that. So if you're not going to say that, then what are you going to say? Are you just going to say, we don't have, like, we like we want to bring games to other platforms after a while? Like, you're going to open up the door into us knowing exactly, like, what your business strategy is? Like, that's not how businesses work. Barrett, can you uh, bring up the tweet again just so we can, like, actually look at the words said there? Because I'm so with you that, yeah. like, I, this, again, unprecedented times. We haven't ever had this type of situation where there's pressure for the head of the company to come forward and be like hey this this is how this is going to go down mm -hmm. and it has to be clear and it has to be concise so with being clear and concise i'm with you that like they're going to want the pomp and circumstance of trailers and all that stuff to announce these the games are coming or and i'm not saying this is going to happen but i do think that a potential based on what the reports we're seeing what if this is the shift what if this is the message that hey going forward games are coming to other consoles yeah and that's that's it Mm -hmm. Just like when they came forth a couple years ago, like going forward, day and date, Game Pass for our first party titles. And then that's just how it's been. Yeah. Like this could be that they don't need to specifically talk about any titles that they're not ready to, but this could just be the, hey, y'all, we've spent years setting up these uh, dominoes of getting all of the different teams ready, acquiring new teams to get a game so that we can have this cadence. And now that it's here, mm -hmm. we're just getting ahead of it. We, a lot of us would say they're behind at this point, but getting ahead of the messaging of, hey, going forward, this is the strategy. Yeah. I, I, put yourself in the shoes of Phil Spencer, right? Put your, you're, you're somebody who's leading Microsoft. Yeah. I know that's already stressful yeah. already. Like, we just have to like, sit on a podcast and talk about this shit and not get stressed. I can't actually be, imagine being somebody who I know. is actually doing this shit. Um, how do you deliver that message to your audience in a way that has your audience leaving happy with that message? Like, is there I anything mean, you can say about that that's going to have people go, all right, cool. Look, man, th th here's where this comes down to is business is going to be business and it's, it's all about just making money and it's, it's all of that. We know this. These are corporations and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Corporations are made of people and these people want things to work well. 
and also make as much money as possible. You start adding all these things up and these people are not trying to fuck people over. They're not trying to get in the way and like make this harder for anybody. They're not trying to just be right. They want this to work. You get what I'm saying? They don't want to piss off the audience. That's the last thing you want to do. But you need to kind of look at it when the audience is pissed, when part of the audience is pissed, you got to look at it and make choices. And you need to look within yourself and be like, do I truly believe in the vision of what we're doing here? Because mm -hmm. if so, we got to do it. Or if you don't believe in it, then it's like, maybe we got to listen to what's being said and revise our plans as much as possible. That is the thing that I just don't know where they're at. Because I legitimately, like, I've been saying for months now, once, ever since Blade was announced. When was Blade announced? Was it just a month? Game Awards, was, yeah. yeah. yeah was, <laughs> I've been saying for weeks now. That was like a month and a half. <laughs> that, um, that there's no chance that Blade is multi-platform. That yeah. Blade is, is on Xbox. And that is aligned with the strategy that they've shown. If they just rip the bandit off and that's no longer the strategy and the strategy is now we're going everywhere. It's like, I totally see that. And that makes a lot of sense to me. And like, I don't know, I, man. Are we, I mean, are we speaking about a, a minority of people that really, really care about this shit? Right. Like does the wider gaming landscape, when I say like gaming audience, right? Like I'm not talking about the people that are tuning in to kind of funny or the people mm -hmm. that are tuning into like IGN unlocked or whatever. Right. Like I am talking about the tens of millions of people that show up and buy the boxes if you come out and say, oh, yeah, like we're planning on bringing these games to other platforms, like that's a strategy going, going forward. Do those tens of millions of people care? Or are we talking about the hundreds of thousands of people but that see listen that, to the podcast? That, it, it's interesting. That and I, I, that, that's an important point to bring up. And I think it's important to note there that even though the numbers might not add up, not every number is equal. Not every like person that is in the ecosystem is equal. Mm -hmm. The hardcore are buying all the games. The hardcore are worth more. You know what I mean? So it's like, and the hardcore, if they love the message, are spreading the message and creating more of that. So it's like, I, I think that it's just important to note that even if the, the numbers aren't the biggest part of the majority, at a certain point, a hefty minority could still really, really like inflict damage yeah. and, and, and cause a lot of loss of revenue, which is like really the, the ultimate thing. But to your point, this is about making the money. And it's yeah, about, that's like, my thing is, I think when you're talking about the goal of making money and the goal of, making Xbox the most healthiest version of Xbox that you can think, right? If that involves doing a thing that that minority of audience might not align with or might go look at it and go, oh, we don't like that, then, like, what do you do? I think as a corporation, I think you just go, I think you make the money. I think you go, Plus, forget the minority. We're just going to go for where the, mon uh, where the money's at, and the minority is going to have to adjust to it. I'm throwing this down right now. People yeah. are going to get really mad at me for saying this, but I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. You're asking me if I was Phil Spencer, what would I do right now? If I was Phil Spencer, knowing the situation, knowing what I know, and there's a lot I don't know, which, thank God, I'm not Phil Spencer, and I don't actually have to make this, this decision. But from what I know so far from reports or just from I know from uh, quotes and interviews and things said over the years of where Xbox is at right now, Game Pass is their strategy. Game Pass is also stagnating. Game Pass has the potential to reach a whole new audience and do a whole bunch more things. Mm. But they need to make money elsewhere. And I do think that the strategy could be, we're just going everywhere. Build the Game Pass that way. Entice people over time. Hey, I could spend $70 for this game on a PlayStation 5, or I can invest on the, uh, the Xbox ecosystem, whether that's with a box or with a Samsung TV or in any of the other multi-places uh, that are able to play Xbox that I think are only going to grow in the years to come and just get Game Pass. And that then they get more Game Pass subscriptions, more revenue that way. And also, 
all of the money of people just buying the game on PlayStation, which we've seen now happen multiple times when games come out on uh, multiple SKUs. Pal World being a great example right now. Yeah. That Pal World being an exception just because it's also like a crazy, like it is one of those like, holy shit, it came out yeah. of nowhere type games. But still, it being on Game Pass didn't stop it from selling 10 million copies plus, you know? Yeah. And that strategy, when you apply it to things like Indiana Jones and a new Bethesda game and Call of Duty and all of the other things, it's like, it just, it is a strategy that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I think the one, one last thing I'll say about this is, like, I understand that th this is them having to take time and prep for this business presentation. They've already had this in the works and stuff. But, man, it sucks that it, it is a week after like a week after uh, uh, the, the reports have come out a week of us sitting and speculating and the audience uh, having to think about this and do uh, do all this stuff like timing wise it's, it's unfortunate I don't know if there's much they could do about that right like I don't know if Phil Spencer could have been like drop the video now right like they're probably still working on whatever it is and they probably start to figure like it is at the end of the day shareholders and the people that are providing the money and also the people that are going to help going to make us the money are the things that matters most to them. Right. And so like, I'm sure in their eyes, they're like, the audience can wait, but man, is that a, an unfortunate wait for that information? So here's the, my, my question though. Blake. Yeah. What is it? What is the information? Is it a video? No, like, or what not, is not, the presentation? What is it? Is it a video? Is it a blog post? It's a is business it a update event. But like, <laughs> what is that? You know, like, I feel like th this is the craziest thing is like the tweet reads as like a business update, like, We've just never had something like this before. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like it does give a little bit, a little bit of the vibes of like, hey, we need to talk. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we need Straight to talk. Up. This is like a town me, hall. What, yeah, like the town hall, but like uh, specifically the one. It's not going to be as devastating. So uh, bear with me here in this comparison. The company, what Embracer, when they had to announce like, oh, we fucked up this deal last night, and like uh, everything is going mm. to shit and stuff like that. Like it's not going to be that dire, but I feel like that's going to be the vibe of just like. People, uh, like, whoever it is, three or four people, if it's Phil, Sarah, some other, like, uh, maybe, like, Microsoft, like, proper kind yeah. of employee. Get Satya Nadella up in there. On, like, on, like, a weird little stage and talking about something. I don't know, man. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, what is What are going to be the vibes of it? Is it going to be, hey, this is a business talk. Like, this is Phil, Satya, the higher-ups at Xbox and Microsoft, giving you, like, the corporate hey, this is our plan, This we're talking to our shareholders right now, or is it going to be speaking to the audience? And I, like, to those, I think you need separate videos for that, right? Like, I think you need to talk to both of those people in different ways, because I think the, audi like, the audience isn't necessarily here for the business. I know the audience likes to talk about the business, but like most of the time, and this is me throwing myself in there, we have no idea what the fuck we're talking about, right? Like, yeah. that's not who you want to talk to. Like, you, if you're going to talk to investors, you got to talk to investors. And I think that is the thing you do at a quarterly earnings call unless yeah you're about to have this big shift in your business that they should know about then maybe you talk about it earlier in a business event i don't know i mean but i just i wonder i wonder how planned this event was to happen at some point i mean he says we've been planning i know but like like what what does that mean though like i i'm so interested in next week of just what it what it actually looks like the format because I wonder if they've been planning, but was, was this just a plan of things that are going to happen in the in the background that eventually we get a trailer for Starfield on PS5 and they deal with that as a one-off thing as opposed to an entire shift in brand identity and strategy of what they're doing, mm -hmm. which, again, we're in times that we've never seen before where Microsoft has more teams than any studio has ever had, mm -hmm. right, under their belt, with more, including... Activision, <laughs> like the power there, the amount of money that could be made, like 
I don't doubt that they're looking at it and being like, yo, what's the best way to make money with all this? No one's ever had the ability to do this before. And maybe their answer is flip the table and start fresh. Yeah. And like, that's going to ruffle a lot of feathers. If that's the case, we're talking about this as if this is all a foregone conclusion, which I don't know, but we'll see. We'll we got see. a week. We got a week. Uh, let's move on. Story number two. IGN workers are unionizing. Uh, this com- comes from a tweet from the IGN union Twitter account where they say, hey, listen, we are the IGN Creators Guild. And today we're uniting in solidarity as we strive for a stronger, more equitable IGN. Uh, support uh, support the hashtag IGNCG by signing our petition. They then link to the petition, which, of course, you can find on that Twitter account. I signed it. I'm very happy about this. And I'm going to put it in the description below. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah, super rad. Obviously, we have a ton of friends over there seeing the state of the industry around us. Like, the more protection, the better for so many people putting in so much hard work day in and day out. And, um, yeah, this is awesome to see. We've seen it work in a bunch of other places. So, hope to see this. And I feel like a place as big as IGN, like we saw it recently with Kotaku, right? And uh, was it Kotaku? I think it might have been Kotaku. Um, And we've seen different groups do it. And for IGN to do it, I think that's a very big deal. Like IGN has sway and has power in their editorial voice. And this is great. Yeah. Uh, fun thing here. Uh, Greg has an interview with Rebecca Valentine that he recorded before the show. And we're going to have Barrett roll the tape. As I live and breathe, award-winning reporter and now part of the IGN Creators Guild, Rebecca Valentine. It's me and it's us. Congratulations. Big day for you guys. Thanks so much. On, on behalf of everybody involved, we're, we're super duper stoked. So, you know, obviously on Games Daily, we're reading through and we're talking about it, we're doing all this. For you, why was this something that had to be done? You know, IGN's been around a long time and it is, frankly, a really awesome place to work. Yeah. And, you know, I'm someone who's been doing a lot of labor reporting and talking to a lot of game developers, a lot of like my fellow media colleagues uh, in, a, in an industry that's very much in, in turmoil right now uh, as we're talking. Yeah. But, but also, which has historically been kind of unstable and scary. And right now, IGN is doing really well, and we are generally having a pretty good time at work. But what everybody who's having a hard time tells me is that the best time to unionize is not when you're in the midst of an immediate crisis, right? It's when things are, you know, maybe going okay, because that's the time when you can set down the protections for the things that you really, really love about your job and also be hopeful about the things that could potentially be better about it. So, you know, our goal is to preserve the wonderful things that we have and also make things better for our colleagues who maybe need some support at their jobs that they're not getting. So for you as storied video game industry reporter, what's it like to go from, okay, I've been talking about unions and writing about other unions that have been happening and then all of a sudden to switch gears to, Okay, now we're trying to do this ourselves. Like, where does that even start? Yeah, it's, I think it is very easy when you see a bunch of people getting laid off at a company to just sort of tweet at them and go, oh, you guys should unionize. I mean, yes, true. But it's also, I, I think it maybe doesn't always take into account the fact that unionization takes time. Sure. Uh, there's, there's a lot to learn about doing it. And there's a lot of outreach that you have to do to your colleagues who, you know, maybe they're not for or against unions, but they're just not really thinking about them on a day-to-day basis because not everybody is sitting there inundated with union 
industry video game information all the time. Yeah. Uh, so it was, you know, really important to make sure that we talked to everybody and learned about the things that they wanted out of working at IGN. Maybe the things that they liked, the things that they disliked, the things that they were hopeful could happen in the future or the things that had happened in the past that they wanted to avoid. And it was really important that we talked to every single person in our unit and make sure that we were able to stand with them and support them in the things that they wanted out of this job. And, you know, it takes a little bit of time. So then I think, you know, what isn't, I shouldn't say mind boggling. That's not the right word. Right. But for me, everything you see from Greg Miller comes from a union backing. My dad is local 150 operating engineer, has his gold watch, you know, yeah. his, yeah, blah, 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 blah. So I grew up understanding what the union was and how it was working. Da, da, da. But right now, inevitably, someone is watching this and they aren't familiar with unions. What is a union? And then what does that mean for IGN? So a union in the really general sense of the word is kind of any time a group of people get together and decide that they want to act collectively to further a goal of some kind. What we are doing is a legally recognized union under the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB. And what that does is it basically gives us the ability to go to the bargaining table and talk to our employers, Ziff Davis, about the kind of work contract we want. So okay. at the moment, Ziff Davis is fully in charge of everything about our work. And that's, you know, been going on for the entire time that Ziff Davis has owned IGN. And, you know, someone has been in charge the entire time IGN has existed. But what we're asking for uh, is the legal right to go to the table and sit down and have a conversation with them about, you know, things like what our working hours look like, what our salaries look like, uh, what time off might look like, especially after big hectic event seasons where we're maybe, you know, working weekends because sure. we're doing like a summer games fest or something. Uh, all of those things, anything that affects our working conditions, we just want to sit down and talk to them about it and be like, hey, uh, you've been proposing this for the longest time. And actually there are some other things that we would like you to consider as well. Uh, and we're going to sit down. We will go back and forth eventually and agree on something. And then once we've agreed upon it, uh, we'll put it to our full membership for a vote. And if they vote it up, that's going to be our working contract. So it basically just gives us all a say in the working conditions that we have on day to day. And so the idea, right, is that rather than them come one to one to every employee and yeah. it come up with their own terms, their own contracts, their own thing, right? You guys collectively come together and barter for one thing. You collectively yep. bargain for one thing. Yep, that's right. Okay, okay. And I guess the other question I I would have on behalf of people who don't again didn't grow up in a union household. One of the big things we talk about in the industry at large and what you've already touched on here, right, is the fear of layoffs and mm -hmm. like that always yeah. being a thing. And da, da, da. How does a union protect uh, its, its uh, members from that? Yeah. So I think uh, that is one of the big things uh, that we are wanting to go to the bargaining table about because we're seeing it happen all across the industry right now, mm -hmm. all across media and games and entertainment and tech, basically every field that we touch. Uh, and we also had it happen ourselves back in December of 2022. We had some layoffs sure. at IGN and it was really, really unfortunate. Uh, I'll be clear, like unions cannot just magically prevent layoffs. It's not like a magic wand that says, okay, layoffs go bye-bye. That's not how that works. Uh, but what it does is it, uh, it asks Viv Davis to come to us when they think they might want to do some layoffs and have a conversation with us about it. Okay. So maybe there are other alternatives we could explore if they think that layoffs are necessary. Maybe some of us might, and these are, these are all hypotheticals. Like 100%. We, haven't, we haven't gone to the table or anything, but as you have pointed out in drive home again, things are good right now. Things are, this things isn't are like, this is all oh, we're pulling an emergency switch. We're this not is, doing this because we think we're going to get laid off tomorrow. You have a great part uh, in your letter, right? Uh, that I really love of like, uh, you're talking about IGN, right? We've been an institution for over 25 years and the creators at IGN want to see it continue for 25 more and beyond. Yeah. 
That's exactly it. But yeah, like we could, I, I think we've seen some other examples in some other uh, unionized workplaces that have had layoffs recently. I, off the top of my head, there have been a couple that I've seen talking about how their layoffs went down. And it's unfortunate when layoffs happen at all. It's, it's heartbreaking. You lose your colleagues, they lose their jobs, yeah. like all these horrible things happen. But they were able to get more severance for instance, mm. for, for their employees who mm. were laid off. Or in, in one case, I wish I could remember what the outlet was, but uh, they were able to have the number of layoffs they actually had because people were willing to help find ways to make cuts elsewhere sure. that made sure. sense. So there's various protections that we can put in place so that if layoffs ever become, God forbid, necessary for whatever reason, yeah. we can protect as many of our colleagues as possible and those that we can't fully protect, we can at least make sure they're going out the door with the support that they need to find something better. Final question for you is, what comes next? You've done this. You've made this big statement today. You know, we're the IGN Creators Guild. What is, what, what's the, what, I, what I don't know as even a union kid, what comes next? Well, right now uh, we're asking, we've, we've put this forward. We've said, hello, uh, we would like to be a union, please. Uh, and we are asking our employer, Ziff Davis, for voluntary recognition. Uh, what that means is that Ziff Davis will look at us and they'll see how neat and cool and lovely we are. And they will go, you know what? Yep, you're a union. We're very happy to come to the table and bargain with you over your contract. And that's what we would love to happen. So when we get that, we have voluntary recognition from them. And then we are officially legally a union. I mean, there's some paperwork involved. Of course, but, yeah. yeah. But, but that, that's, that's the gist. Uh, so that, that's what we're hopeful will happen next. Well, fantastic, Rebecca. I'm so proud of you. Congratulations on today. Thanks. Anything, what can people help? Can they do anything? Is there an action item for everybody watching or listening? Absolutely. Uh, the best thing that you can do right now is uh, spread the word uh, amongst everybody that you know. Uh, we do have a Twitter account. It is at IGN Union. Uh, if you go find that, uh, there's a bunch of stuff you can share. Uh, a bunch of our members are tweeting today, myself included. Uh, we're all posting various things about the union. Some of us have testimonials. Uh, sharing all of that far and wide is super duper helpful. Rebecca, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, let's go back to the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show. And we're back to the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show. What a nice person. Rebecca what a, what a great, great person. over there. Very sweet person. Great team over there. Great team. Tim, mm -hmm. we're also a great team. They can support over on patreon.com slash kind of funny and youtube.com slash kind of funny games with the kind of funny membership you can get that and get the show ad free and speaking of ads let us tell you about our sponsors this episode is brought to you by kind of funny.com slash store we've got two brand new drops for you this week first check out the kind of funny broadcast line old school telethons inspired this distressed design and collection for our annual kind of funny day campaign which includes a t-shirt tote bag and coffee cup our cozy collection, designed by Nick at Campfire Designs, is also available. Get nice and snuggly in your choice of a crew neck sweatshirt and joggers and a women's cropped hoodie. These have been big hits with the team, and we think you'll love them too. Both collections are available for the next two weeks on kindoffunny.com store. Grab them while you can. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, 
the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. And we're back with story number three, Elden Ring mobile game reportedly under development at Tencent. This is John Porter at The Verge. Mm. Tencent is reportedly working on a free-to-play mobile version of From Software's 2022 smash hit title, Elden Ring. That's according to Reuters, which cites three people familiar with the company's plans. The Chinese tech giant apparently has a team of a few dozen people who've been working on the title after Tencent Holdings acquired a stake of a little over 16% of From Software in August 2022. Tencent did not immediately respond to The Verge's uh, request for comment. Uh, this is from uh, Reuters. Uh, while Elden Ring was designed as a premium game with a set price tag, Tencent wants to make it a free-to-play game with in-app purchases similar to the hit game uh, Genshin Impact, developed by its Chinese rival, MiHoYo, uh, the people said. Which I think MiHoYo is now Hoyoverse, technically. But interesting stuff here. It is. I mean, this is definitely uh, they know what they got and they know what they can get type situation like i can see this really really working for them Mm -hmm. um and i can also see this being egregiously aggressive my thing with this as for me as somebody who loves Elden ring right like i've been i've been a growing fan of from software i i think this is one of those decisions where you look at it on paper and you look at it as like a corporation and you go oh Elden ring one of the most popular games of 2022 big open world game critically acclaimed everybody loves it what if he took it and put it on mobile? Like, you know, you're Tencent, right? So you have mm-hmm. Call of Duty Mobile. You have mobile game, big mobile mm-hmm. hits already. PUBG Mobile. What if we made it like one of those and made it like what Genshin Impact is? Because Genshin Impact, one of the biggest things in the world. That must be a recipe for success. I think that's how they look at it. But I think that is a money decision and not a creative decision. Because I, 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 it's hard for me to imagine that from software... For what they've crafted with Dark Souls mm-hmm. and Elden Ring and stuff, are like, yeah, that's what we went out of our game, and I'd be sh- and I would be shocked if the audience is like, oh, that's what we want. Like, you're talking about an audience of people. You're talking about the Andy Cortezes of the world, right? You're talking about people that are like, oh man, I'm here for the action. I'm here to suffer. Like, I'm here for the hard combat and like the fucking iframes and all this shit. They don't want to play that shit on mobile. I don't want to play that shit on mobile. Like, I don't, I do not think this is going to work. That's what, that's me from at first blush looking at this. I could be very wrong. Maybe I would have said the same thing about Call of Duty on, on I mobile. I mean, I think that is the thing. Like, I, I think that we're talking about different audiences. And I do think that there's going to be a lot more crossover than you would expect. Because for every Andy Cortez, I think that there is somebody that like, liked Elden Ring and also likes Genshin Impact. You know, that's, I mean, that's me. I like Genshin Impact, and I, I, I granted I played a Genshin Impact on console. I didn't play it on mobile, but even still, right? Like the idea of playing a free-to-play Elden Ring, where it is like Genshin Impact, the whole hook of it is you're essentially rolling for characters, and like you get new characters that like um, play differently. Am I going to be rolling for new builds? Am I going to be rolling yeah. for new weapons? Am I going to be rolling for new abilities or new summons? That sounds bad. Like I, it, it's so hard for me to think of how do you make Elden Ring free-to-play and put my microtransactions in it and make it work. Yeah, man. It, I don't think it's going to work. It's very interesting. I think and it's just too, too much of a hardcore audience. There's something to be said about diluting the brand. 
you know, from Software's built something beautiful. Like mm-hmm. they really, really, really carved a very big spot uh, for themselves in the games industry with expectation just from their brand. Yeah. You know, it's like not even just IP like that too with Dark Souls and all of that, but like understanding, oh, it's from Software. Look at Armored Core, right? Armored yeah. Core 6 being a great example of like, man, like just from Software showing up gets people excited in a way that very few other um, teams out there do. So this type of stuff the more bad news it at some point can turn into a konami type situation where it's mm-hmm. like you're getting the metal gear solid survives or metal gear survives and and uh, things like that where you're like oh like, yeah I don't, and yeah. It, it just sucks because it's like you know we talk about metal gear and we st- talk about all the fond memories more than the bad stuff but it's getting harder and harder to talk about metal gear solid without having some level of like yeah but like even yeah. talking about metal gear solid 3 delta omega remix it's like <laughs> yeah like every time we talk about it we're always like but but like is this gonna be exactly one one like is this gonna be feel as special as the original like yeah. without kojima involved and all that stuff right and like it's a tough thing to balance totally but especially when you're talking about something that is revered by fans like metal your solid is something that is revered by fans because it feel no pun intended it feels like such a solid piece of art Right, like, and the more you dilute that, the more you make the Metal Gear survives, and the more those don't hit, the more you, yeah, you dilute the IP, you dilute the brand. And From Software strikes me as a company that cares a lot about the sanctity of their art and mm-hmm. story. And like, this goes back to the pretentious thing we were talking about like the other day, right? Like, like, is that like you know overly like, oh yeah, we care and all that stuff? Sure, but also. I think that does matter to a certain mm-hmm. extent. Totally. Right? Like, I think people should have that. I think people should have the liberty to, to be like, hey, I do not want to tur- like give up this thing that like we care about to the to the um, like control of capitalism, right? Like that is such a yeah. I don't like. I I think doing it in this way is not forward thinking in terms of what Elden Ring as a brand. I think there are other ways to monetize Elden Ring. I think, I, I, or at least I think you can find other ways to monetize Elden Ring. Like, uh, I know this is a different thing and this is like a fan thing, right? But I look at Bloodborne Cart and every Bloodborne, Bloodborne, Bloodborne fan I know is excited about Bloodborne Cart because it's a fan-made thing and it's dumb and it's different, but like, it's fun, right? And it's another thing you can do with, with, with that IP and brand. I think maybe even as Tencent, if you look at your studios, you might be able to find things that you could do with Elden Ring, whether it be a spinoff into a movie or a spin or like find other things. A mobile free-to-play thing that is looking at Genshin Impact as the example, I, I, the way I'll put it is Call of Duty, um, PUBG, Fortnite, in their purest forms, they are mainstream, like everybody's playing the, this stuff. That is a casual audience, even at its core. Like you dig in enough and you find a hardcore audience for those things. But those are all big, big casual audience games. And I think that translates well to mobile. And all games that even their core versions are built on some type of microtransaction. Yeah, structure. yeah, exactly. Elden Ring is such the opposite of that, right? Like a big fan, the fan base for Elden Ring, a lot of people played Elden Ring, but... That is a hardcore video game that I don't think translates to I, mobile. I, I'm, I'm so with you. I do think that there is a, a chance of this being successful more than it seems like you are, yeah. are letting on. Mm-hmm. Uh, good, all that, I'm not, I don't know. But like successful, I do think that there's a sizable, more mainstream enough audience uh, with Elden Ring that are willing to try something different here. If they see that logo on their app store, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that's a big yeah. thing. Like Someone in chat... Uh, uh, brought it up of like, yo, Mike is going to be stoked for this. And like, think about how many mics in the world who like are going to want to be like, yeah, <laughs> I right. want to pay for I the, mean, Elden Ring was one of those today. games that, Paul, when we talk about TikTok, right? 
the Elden Ring is one of those games that popped off on TikTok with the different builds, people making, <laughs> there was like a Will Smith build where somebody ran around and started slapping enemies. Like that is a thing you can do. And in, 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 uh, or that's the, that's the impact that Elden Ring had. And yeah, like I do think to your point, a lot of people are going to see that Elden Ring logo and go, oh, this is that game that blew up that I love. Oh yeah. Let me check this out on mobile. But or be they see it and they're like, oh, I heard so much good shit about this, but I've never played it. So they don't even know it's hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> like They don't even know, or they do, but like they don't have that attachment to it. Um, Chris Adams 789 says to lessen our super chats in just like you can say, oh, no, no, sorry. That's the wrong one. Clawmaster says uh, in regards to games that have mobile versions that are there for the hardcore skull girl, skull girls mobile exists and has a huge following being a gotcha game offshoot of the main fighting game. Yeah. And fire emblem heroes being another good example of that, where yeah. the core game doesn't have those mechanics at all, but the game is a massive success that people love on mobile. I still think I'm with you that like we're talking about things that are a little bit more adaptable. Yeah. To that's this the thing is like, structure. I think gotcha fits into both those things. Better than better than Elden yeah. Ring. Like you would have to try, you would have to try to redefine like what the core systems of Elden Ring are to mm -hmm. fit Gotcha in it. Or maybe it is, maybe it's a different game. Like maybe it's straight up just not what Elden Ring is. Like it has Elden Ring in the title, but yeah. it's a different genre. Maybe it is like a PvP Elden Ring or like a purely PvP thing. Because now that I say that out loud, fuck. Because yeah, if you were to take the PvP elements of Elden Ring, build a whole game that's just around that, and don't even worry about the expiration the expiration stuff. And make it so that you're rolling for different builds so you can take on people. Let's solve the problem. I mean, I'm still not playing. I still think that's a bad idea, but like uh, that's that could work. Yeah. And that could be very successful. And, uh, but to, to your point, though, you would think like me and you both, I'm not putting you on the spot here. We both mm -hmm. years ago would have been like PUBG Mobile. It sounds like a bad idea. Call of Duty Mobile sounds like a bad idea. And here we are. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. holy shit. We just don't talk about them, but they are like absolutely massive. <laughs> for sure. Story number four, we got the latest Nintendo quarterly results. Oh, yeah. Reveal. I know. This is, this is like my favorite story whenever it comes Woo! through. Uh, 20 million Zelda sales, Tim. Mm -hmm. uh, this is from Kyle Hilliard at Game Informer. Nintendo has released its latest quarterly sales numbers, and they are overall expectedly impressive, considering 2023 saw the releases of new mainline Zelda and Mario games. But Pikmin 4 and Super Mario RPG also delivered some notable sales numbers. The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom has... Bear, what's so funny over there? I'm st oh, god damn it hold on let me get <laughs> was this somebody in chat or was he no it's is that to do with the leak today no okay. roger sent in the thumbnail for the stream fair enough great oh great 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 this is awesome <laughs> the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom has sold 20.28 million copies since its launch on may 12 2023 i'm gonna stop you yeah right there bless mm -hmm. months ago Yep. Me and you sat at this table. We did. And we talked about Hogwarts Legacy being the best-selling game of 2023. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, the Tears of the Kingdom numbers are outdated. Yep. And we had a big conversation going back and forth. And I was like, we have to revisit this. We have to see. And I was like, I think at the end of the day, Zelda is going to win. I was wrong. Yeah. I was wrong, everybody. From but... What not by much. by much. Yeah, you were close. A tweet Less from than Gen two million. A tweet from Genkai underscore JPN, the homie. Uh, he tweeted out, "It is official. Hogwarts Legacy was the best-selling game worldwide in 2023, topping Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Hogwarts Legacy sold at 22 million in 2023, whereas Zelda Tears of the Kingdom 20.28 20 million. So, so the, yeah, the, less the, than two million. The other number I was trying to look up uh, because the the big hubbub last year was Hogwarts was the first uh, game to dethrone Call of Duty." 
since like 2009 or something like that. I think that. first like new series because I think yeah. Red Dead did. When oh, that okay, came out. okay. Because I was trying to find out how many uh, sales numbers uh, Call of Duty actually had last year because mm-hmm. I was trying to figure out if like Tears of the, of the Kingdom was number two overall or if it was number three overall and Call of Duty was somewhere in the mm. middle. Um, but I, I couldn't find that. Oh, so. yeah, it's Call of Duty number three because that'd be insane. Yeah, I mean, that's, well, what, that's, that's what I'm I, trying to figure out. I imagine it is, though. I don't think Call of Duty, I think Hogwarts like passed Call of Duty. Like, I don't think it was close. Whereas, like, this seems close. Chad, if you have the Call of Duty number somewhere, I couldn't find it myself this morning, but yeah. That'd the be thing with Call of Duty is that Call of Duty always comes out in like November or October, right? And so it doesn't have as many months to sell compared to Tears and Hogwarts here, but even still, like, for the yearly numbers, that doesn't, that usually doesn't matter for Call of Duty. I mean, all these numbers are wild, yeah. right? We're, we're talking about over 20 million units sold in a year for anything. Oh, That's, wild. That is so crazy. And again, talking about Zelda here, that is on one system, a Nintendo system. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, my God. And we'll go through the other numbers. A lot of high- things to highlight here as well. Uh, Pikmin 4 has sold. Now that I'm thinking about it, right? Like, because Hogwarts Legacy came out toward the end of the year for Switch specifically. And, like, it'd be hilarious if Nintendo was like, actually, no, we're not letting you put this game on our, <laughs> on our Switch until next year because we're trying to get that number one. Like, if you think, think about it, you know, you got to play the game, mm-hmm. Nintendo, all right? Fucking block these. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pikmin 4 has sold 3.33 million copies since its launch on July 21st, 2023. Stop there. Yep. Pikmin. That is insane. A Pikmin game. So 3.3 million million copies, man. Showed up and they paid $60 for Pikmin They did a lot of that uh, street-level marketing over in Japan. Seemed to pay off. We're all out here talking about PlayStation and Xbox. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, man, Nintendo's the story. They've been the story. Oh, yeah. No, Nintendo's been him. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. Timothy. Super Mario Brothers Wonder has sold 11.96 million copies since its launch on October 20th, 2023. Stop there. That's insane. Let's stop there and talk about that. Just shy, just shy of 12 million units since the end of October, mm-hmm. like four months ago. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you switch that around with Zelda, like, how, like, if, like, if Mario came out in April or whatever it was, mm-hmm. like, it would have been a, like, maybe it wouldn't have sold Zelda numbers, but maybe it would have, like, you're talking at least maybe like 16 to 17 million by the time you would have gotten around to this time if Mario Wonder came out earlier in the year. Yeah. Think about that. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Jeez. Uh, moving on. More Mario, right? Super Mario RPG has sold 3.14 million copies since its launch November 17th, 2023. That was two months ago. Okay, guys. Super Mario RPG, a remake, mm-hmm. sold 3.14 million copies. Th- thank you. This just feels right. This just feels right. <laughs> We're talking about the horseman, essentially, here. Yeah. We are talking about the end of the Switch's life cycle, and it's coming through with new releases here. New releases in D-tier Nintendo franchises, Pikmin. And that's the thing, right? You have C-tier Nintendo franchise, because I was going to, like, compare to Sony first-party sales, for example, Mm -hmm. right? And, of course, games like God of War or Spider-Man 2 sell, in their first three days, three to four million. Those are, like, those are the top tier of PlayStation games. You're talking about Mario RPG in two months. Super selling. Mario RPG. My boy Gino, my boy Mallow are being seen by 3.14 million new people. Well, maybe not new, but that's a lot of people. Bless. That's a lot of people. I mean, that's more people that I imagine bought our Mario RPG at launch or like at the, the original. I mean, but I want. there's no way. There's no fucking way that the yeah. original Mario RPG crossed 
I don't know one person that had that cartridge. <laughs> like, like if I if I pull people, like, I hey, have I've you played Mario RPG? That cartridge once in my life. If I pull people, I bet you more people would be like, yeah, I played it emulated. <laughs> actually played oh, for sure. On Super Nintendo. Uh, but yeah, the, that was my RPG. And then other highlights found here uh, include Switch hardware, hardware sales, which have reached 139.36 million units. Nintendo also confirmed what we all suspected. Writing in this report, the Super Mario Brothers movie released in April had a positive impact on sales of Mario-related titles. As a result, there were 24 titles that sold over a million copies during the period, including titles from other software publishers. It also mentions in the report that Super Mario Brothers Wonder is the fastest-selling Super Mario title to date. We're just Ma getting started. Dude, I got Mario. It's fucking in. Dude. It's fucking these, in here. So here's the thing here uh, with uh, Mario RPG. Um, Mario RPG has sold 3.14 million units. Mm -hmm. The remake. The original, 2.14 million. Okay? Yeah. The remake is already at 1 million more copies in six weeks. Good for Mario. <laughs> Good for my guy. Uh, when you look at the top-selling Switch software, at number one still, you have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Have you looked at the numbers already? I did. Okay, I was going to I was gonna I quiz did. you on what you thought. But yeah, 60.58 million uh, units sold for Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Under that, you have Animal Crossing New Horizons, of course, 44.79 million units. Under that, Smash Brothers Ultimate, 33.67 million uh, units. And then, yeah, yeah, the, the list is the regular list, right, that you always see. Zelda Breath of the Wild under that. Mario Odyssey under that. Pokemon Sword and Shield under that. Uh, and it's Pokemon Scarlet and Violet is catching up. Pokemon Scarlet and Violet at 24.36 million, which puts it at like, you know, 2 million uh, behind Sword, Sword and Shield, Sword which sold incredibly well. Um, yeah. This now means that Scarlet and Violet have outsold Gold and Silver. So mm -hmm. it is, um, I think, third place now for best selling Pokemon game of all time. And it's going to catch up to P Sword and Shield, right? Oh, easy. Yeah, because it came out a year ago, like a year mm -hmm. and a half ago. Mm hmm. If that actually, no, it came out like that November, so a year and a few months, and it's already there. Mm -hmm. The broken one. <laughs> like, the broken like, one. The broken Pokemon game. Yeah, man. And at this, this point, Tears has got to outsell Breath of the Wild, right? It, it already being at 20.28. See, I'm curious. I think, I, this is what I wonder. What is the re-release going to look like on Switch 2? Yeah. I think uh, that's going to determine a lot. And, and also, Scarlet and Violet, that's an interesting question, too. We have Pokemon Day coming up in three weeks or so mm -hmm. um there will be a pokemon direct and they're going to make some announcements i think it's too early for this well potentially we just get like a hey scarlet and violet with the dlc as a pack yeah maybe we fixed things maybe we didn't we probably didn't you know mm -hmm. that'll be on the box um i can see them putting that out on switch and that could boost numbers but i also wouldn't be surprised if on switch too we get a scarlet and violet this time it actually works edition mm -hmm. um and i don't know how those numbers would count with this crazy that the 60 million for mario kart does not count the wii u version yeah i was gonna say so yeah like if they put out for zelda right like mm -hmm. if we get a zelda tears of the kingdom re-release on switch 2 does does that go into the same numbers here i think it depends on how close they are like how similar the games are yeah because so. if that's the case then for sure here's the kingdom is going to catch up to breath of the wild but then also is, is are they going to release both of them and just package them together yeah there's so I, many things you can there, do with there them. really is and so what's interesting about the tears uh news today Mm -hmm. is and we'll have to wait a couple more nintendo like financial quarters to like really see this but like it feels like zelda slowed down pretty significantly because for, for basing on the tracking that, that we were talking about predicting mm -hmm. it was like oh man it's definitely gonna be hogwarts and then yeah. it didn't so it's like i wonder 
how long of a tail Zelda has. I think it's going to continue to rise the ranks here. I don't know, though, if it beats Breath of the Wild. Yeah, and that's the interesting one. Like, looking back at Breath of the Wild, like, that was a slow go as well, but that's also, like, there are way less switches out in the wild in, like, the first year of yeah. uh, Breath but of the Wild. But it's also the game out, that you so. bought if you bought a Switch. Yes. Which, like, I kind of puts in a different place of Tears of the Kingdom, where you'd, like, it's not it's not a launch title. And so mm -hmm. I, it's really hard to compare how they're going to do versus each other because it's just two completely different circumstances mm -hmm. i hope but it I'm, doesn't I'm get re-released for uh, switch 2 and i hope it's just uh wind waker <laughs> that's it I finally mean, a switch 2 has boosting then yeah you don't need to do it unless ultimate edition add some dlc in there new content do it all make mix that up money, the dungeons man. i don't know that dlc better be wind waker see i was gonna say tears of the kingdom master quest get crazy holy shit yeah right <laughs> i just i just thought of that now yeah what I do. Oh man, Tim, that was a lot of big news we just talked about. So much big news. But if I wanted something smaller, say the tiniest news I need to know, where would I go? Oh, you'd bring it back. You'd go to our last story, the We News Channel, where we cover all the small news items you need to know about. Hell yeah! Story number five. It's time for We News. WB Games and developer NetherRealm Studios uh, have confirmed that Suicide Squad's Peacemaker will be coming to Mortal Kombat 1 as the third combat pack fighter later this month following the addition of Quan Chi in December. Uh, I got one from uh, Genkai underscore uh, JPN, who I uh, um, cited earlier. Square Enix plans to radically reform its game development structure. President Kiryu says they are reviewing their organizational structure and pipeline from scratch in order to improve quality of their games. Specifics will be announced in spring. It's a very excited, exciting one. Silent Hill, the short message surpassed 1 million downloads. Honkai Star Rail surpassed 100 million downloads uh, wow. across PS5, PC, and mobile. It's one we don't talk about a lot because none of us here play Honkai, but like those games take like, Genshin, Honkai, and probably Zenless Zone Zero when that come come out. Those games have taken over the world. Yeah, like everybody's playing them. It's crazy. Hundred million? That's a big ass number, man. That is a percentage of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we're approaching a full percentile uh -huh. of the world uh -huh. when you say hundred million. Like at that point, fuck. Somebody do the math. Is that point three percent? Like what are we talking about there? Let me know. Let them know. Xbox Game Pass games for February have been announced. You got Train Sim World uh, 4, uh, Madden NFL 24, Resident Evil 3, A Little to the Left, uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, Play Up, and Return to Grace. Uh, PSN confirms that a Final Fantasy VII Rebirth demo is coming today. Let's fucking go. We got the state of play. Of course, we're going to be live reacting to it. 3.30 p.m. Pacific time. Nope. Yes. Yep. Yes. That was a thing that went up accidentally, it seems like, on the PlayStation Network yesterday. And so get hyped for that. And then USPS Plus Essential February titles are up. Uh, you're getting Foam Stars, Roller Drone, and Steel Rising. Play some Roller Drone. Drone it up, dude. Drone it up. And that's it for Wii News. Now it's time. For a quick super chat section, of course, you can write in using yeah. YouTube super chats. We got a lot of write-ins today. Of course, everybody still wants to talk about that Xbox business that happened. Let's uh, do them all. Let's get through all of these. Let's do it. All right. Yeah. Let's start with Optimus Prime, who writes in and says, uh, with rumors of, of more Persona remakes on the way, I want to make a prediction. Following Persona 3 Reload, I think Persona 4 will have the subtitle Redraw or Reshuffle. Barry, how do you feel about Redraw or Reshuffle? Uh, I, I would go with the, the themes, right? Royal is like a weird one because that was more of like the, the Royal Red. Yeah. Reload, uh, obviously reloading the gun. Hmm. What is the big iconic thing? Blessing from Persona, Persona 4. Persona 4 Golden? Like, pop idol type stuff? 
What are you thinking? What's the big visual iconic like uh, iconography? For Terry, a te- Teddy, Teddy, <laughs> Terry. Big <laughs> visuals. Persona oh, you're 4 right. Rerun. Fuck, Barrett, you're a genius. You're a fucking genius, Barrett. That's fire. I thought about it the other day. I like that. <laughs> That's, That's really good. good. Damn, great, great job, Barrett. Uh, oh, another one is Rewind from Seven Six in the chat. That's another good one. Rewind. But I like Rerun. Rerun is pretty sick. I like Rerun more than Rewind, although I think Rewind might have a better chance. What, what, yeah. Do you guys not like Redraw, Reshuffle? Are there cards? It's a yeah, franchise-wide thing. Yeah, mm. that's, that's stuff from uh, the other Persona uh, things as well, so I feel like they would want to go with something specific to 4. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. But yeah, like... like Bear, yeah, I'm trying to think. I forgot about the Persona 3 Reload, whether that embargo was out uh, was up or not, but I think it is. There was a thing that I pointed to uh, playing Persona 3 Reload that I showed Bear, and I was like, are they doing a 2 remake? Like, is that a thing that's going to happen? Because I can see them, mm. like, I can see, like, certain things possibly hinting towards that in Persona 3 Reload. And, yeah, some of the rumors that I, that I saw online today were saying that they're remaking 2 and 4, which I think would be pretty sick. I mean, yeah, the, the rumors I saw is, like, that they exist not that they're actively like in production right now. Like I, I assume like the way that that stuff was worded is that like it's on a whiteboard of Persona Four rerun question mark mm-hmm. Persona Two whatever question mark kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Persona Two would be cool. Uh, the the those two games are are really really cool, very dated uh, and hard to play today. So I think that would be really special. Um, but yeah, I would be really excited to 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 have four. To have four have a more modern kind of um, yeah. I just want another reason to replay four because I yeah. love four so much. Yeah. Uh, CJ Splitson writes in and says, if Xbox games come to PS5, what games would make good VR titles? I'd love to see Flight Sim in VR. I mean, Flight Sim VR would be the ultimate VR title. Yeah, that'd be crazy. Yeah, especially if it is like you are in the cockpit and you're controlling yeah. everything in VR. That's cool. I don't think you can get better than that. Up, Sorry to go Deal back to the Blade of Judgment says, wasn't Persona 2 about rumors? How about Persona 2 retold then? That's I fun. Like that. I like that. That's pretty good. I like this as an activity. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else we got? Uh, Joey Radstone writes in and says, if Xbox is going third party, do we think they release on the next Switch along with PlayStation? Could we get something like Halo or Gears on Switch 2? Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it, I still, I very much believe in like the case by case thing that they've mm-hmm. talked about before. Of like, hey, if this makes sense to put on this other platform, we're gonna put it on this other platform. I don't. Is Halo a Switch game? Like, I don't know if Halo makes sense for the Switch. I, I definitely think it does, especially if you're looking at like, uh, like, look, the Switch Two opens up so many possibilities. I stand by the fact that I think that we are just getting closer and closer to a homogenized like games are just games, and like they're there's going to be places to play them at the most advanced settings possible. Mm. But I just think that like, look at the sales numbers Nintendo has here. They're onto something. Yeah. But that's Nintendo's like I, Nintendo games. I know, but like we can say that. And we've said that for generations and generations. It's never been like this. We've never been talking about 60 million my, units. My so. question for folks in chat is, are you, are, do y'all fuck with uh, overwatch on switch too? Cause I, I think for me, it's even less so about fidelity and like mm. how it's running and more so just, do I want to use a Nintendo controller to play like a like a Switch controller to play these things? Obviously, we don't know what the Switch Two controller looks like yet, but I imagine probably gonna be Joy Cons. Yeah, but I, it's probably gonna be the same sort of deal, and I don't want to use that to play. But Halo. this this goes an Xbox controller. But you can, and that's the thing is like we're mm-hmm. more than ever. Like I remember back in the day, you'd have to have ten different dongles when I wanted to experiment using a, a DualShock Two playing Smash Brothers Melee on a GameCube. Nowadays, it's like. You can just fucking use it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Maybe you have to buy one little Bluetooth dongle, but I just feel like more and more we're getting to the point of like them just being like, yo, things should just work. 
Um, so we'll see. But again, I there's a lot we'll have to figure out there. I do want to get to John Warner's here. What are the chances next week's business updates framed like a YouTuber apology video? Fill on the floor recording off an iPhone with no makeup. I think it's very unlikely. And then, See, he, these are the and kind then of he brings a ukulele out. These are the kind of questions that people are going to take out of context and get mad at me for some reason. I didn't write this shit. This is fucking yeah, no, it's John, John Warner. Warner. <laughs> Show some respect. <laughs> uh, uh, Mara writes in and says, y'all seen this Roland Rascal game uh, that's in early access. Very Tim and Bless vibes. And by that, I mean Sonic vibes. I've seen a lot of it. I think it looks really cool. It looks cool. Yeah. yeah looks super cool. I, there's a lot of Sonic likes, both in the 2D space and 3D space. And like, it's. I got to say, man. Yeah. Like. There's something about Sonic that, that if it's not right, it ain't right. Yeah. I, I was looking at this trailer. I think it looks cool, but it is going to depend on when we get our hands on it and like really feel how it plays. Mm-hmm. But I think they're nailing a lot of like, like the world looks cool. I think the art style looks cool. I think the main character looks cool. But yeah, I don't know. Like I just got to get, I just got to yeah. play it. But know? yeah, this has a lot of potential for sure. Uh, Joey Radstone says, do you think Phil Spencer is for this decision? That's, I think that's interesting going back to the, what we talked about yesterday in the article where they talked about like mm-hmm. there's a bit of tension in Xbox about the decision. What it, is it like a Microsoft wants to do this, but Xbox proper is like, oh, man, this isn't going to sit with the audience. Like, I wonder what that is. I would think that Phil, as the leader, like, I think he just kind of has to roll with it. Like, I think even if he I, I, like, I'd be surprised if he was like, oh, man, I hate this. No, but I'm being forced to do it. Like, I don't I, I guess I would just be surprised by that. I would see it more so as like a. All right, like, if this is what we're going to do, we're, I'm just going to roll with it and, like, try to make this the thing. Like, I've, mm-hmm. I, I view Phil Spencer as that type of dude, but I don't know. Yeah, I, I think that he stands by the case-by-case situation. Mm-hmm. And I do think, like I said yesterday, that once that starts, it's going to work and it's going to end end up in everything being that way. Like, once the genie's out of the out of the lamp, man, you'd be saying shit. <laughs> the genie do be saying genie shit. genie be saying shit. Played by Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abdul... Uh, Hasib Ahmad writes in and says, John Matrick thought he was going for the money with TV and Connect. I forget what that. That's probably a reference to something we said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them going for where the money is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. But I also think that there's good business decisions and bad business decisions. And that particularly was a bad business decision to go, let's focus our marketing around, like anybody could have seen that. Let's Mm -hmm. focus our marketing around TV and Call of Duty. Like Call of Duty, I get, like, sure. But like, you are speaking to none of your hardcores in that case. I do think that there's still a balance there. I think mm-hmm. that's why you get a lot of presentations the way they do where it is. Here's a hardcore game, but here's a game that's going to speak to everybody, right? Like you have to balance that. Otherwise, you're going to lose one of those and it all topples, kind of like what you were talking about earlier, Tim. Uh, Claw Master writes in and says, in regards to the games that have mobile versions. That right, are, we read that oh, one. Did we, uh, Chris Adams here. Chris Adams. Where's Chris Adams? The lesson the blow, uh, Microsoft could announce the digital Series X for 400. Drop the... Uh, Series X to 200, bundle both with three months of Game Pass and double double down on day one on uh, on Game Pass. Game Pass. I mean, it would I, be a a time to like mm-hmm. announce a new a new piece of hardware to like people already know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Man, that's the thing is like it just depends on how how hard they're leaning into this. Are yeah. they ripping the bandaid off and of, like this is the strategy? Everyone get prepared, or is it going to be more? Hey, we're still doing the case by case thing. I think that's the big differentiator between this this strategy working but yeah that sounds good uh zaku rave says i think xbox statement will be to keep game pass the way it is uh they had to make a choice of either selling games on ps5 or raise game pass or layoffs i mean one they already had big layoffs but then also i don't think that's the thing you you communicate to the audience right like i I think it's tough to be like oh it was either this or this because usually it's not like usually I, i i don't 
whenever people, whenever even businesses are like, yeah, it was either we do this or we had this catastrophic thing happen. I don't, I never buy it. I always feel like that's an excuse to be like, oh yeah, this is a way for us to sell them on what we're actually doing is by acting like the other alternative was going to be the worst thing ever. And so I don't think that's the way to communicate it. And I don't think that that was like even the reality of it. Yeah. Um, and we have one more from Mad Rocks. Uh, Evo is doing a lineup announcement stream today. Tim, I'm so fucking excited for this lineup. Let's see what it is, man. Because like, obviously like the big ones, obviously you're going, that, see, okay, for the big one, mm -hmm. my question is, what is the main event? Because Street Fighter 6. What if it's Tekken 8? It won't be. See, I think it might be. Not I think Tekken, Tekken 8 has had such a meteoric rise in terms of like spectatorship and how fun of a, a, a game it is to follow. The fact that Street Fighter 6 was already the main event last year, and this is Tekken 8's first year up. You're bringing up good points. Like, I still think though, I still think it's Street Fighter, man. Uh, Tekken, but you Tekken are 8 has also been, been on fire. Like, people are fucking digging it. Everybody's talking about it. Obviously, we're six months down the line, so who knows mm -hmm. what the conversation will be then. I'm putting some I'm putting some money behind Tekken 8 maybe being the main event. I know it's a big like yeah. it'd be a big shift. Yeah. Well, but Tekken is Tekken, man. Put some respect on Tekken. Tekken deserves it. Uh but uh, in terms of other games, right? Mortal Kombat 1, I think is a shoe in. Mm -hmm. Even though Mortal Kombat 1 I have weird feelings about like I've co I've cooled down so much on Mortal Kombat 1. I did not play nearly as much of that game as I thought I would. Like I probably played 20 something hours of Mortal Kombat 1. Tim, I'm already at 55 hours of Tekken 8. Yeah. That game just came out. <laughs> I'm Tekken boy. Five hours. Um, Grand Blue Fantasy versus Rising. Mm -hmm. Probably going to be in there. And then it is like, do we. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Oh, Dragon Ball Fighters, maybe? Is that still popping? Was this Dragon Ball chat? Was Dragon Ball Fighters at the last one? I know Guilty Gear Strive was. Guilty Gear Strive definitely mm -hmm. is going to be mm -hmm. one. Um, King of Fighters 15, is that going to be there? I don't know, but I'm very excited to see what the actual th what the actual thing is. More m mainly so, I'm excited to see what the main event is, and also do we get like any wild like what's the wild pick? Yeah, because I feel like there's usually like a random like oh yeah we just wanted to make this a tournament let's do Marvel's Capcom two for no reason. I love it for no reason for no reason. Show some goddamn respect. Bud. Oh yeah, uh, somebody brought up Undernight in birth too. We'll have to see. <laughs> we will have to see. in Multi Blood is going to be there. Tim, mm -hmm. that's all the YouTube super chats. Now it's time for counterfunny.com slash you're wrong. Rewrite and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Globe, 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 globe. Uh, Bronzy said there was a version of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet with DLC included digitally, unlike Sword and Shield, which included the DLC on the cartridge. I don't know if that, does that affect sales? Pokemon uh, uh, yeah, another one from Zach says Pokemon Scarlet and Violet already have physical releases with DLC bundled in. I mean, these are a lot of, a lot of editorializing. Lulu <laughs> says, Tim, it isn't for reals. It is for real. You sound, I'm not going to say that, but no. No. That's it for your wrong. You, you, you wasted time and energy to write that in. Yeah. A lot, people, Reals, you a, did. a lot of people just just, just hanging out and you're wrong today. Remember, you're wrong is for factual, you're wrong. I want some good ones, all right? Yeah. Usually we're on it. Today, today it's like a lot of a... Uh... For reals, go do something positive with your life today. <laughs> for reals. Oh, that's a good one from Pixelated Soul. To clarify, the EVO main event is determined by the amount of entrance. Whichever game has the most entrance will be the, the main game on that finals Sunday. Mm, that's a very good call. I'm still going Tekken. I'm still going Tekken. I think it's Tekken's day or Tekken's year. I think it's happening. But yeah, that's it. 
for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. Tim, mm-hmm. it's been another episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Of course, each and every weekday, we run you through the nerdy news you need to know about live on YouTube, Twitch, and on podcast services around the globe. If you love what we do, support us with the Kind of Funny membership on Patreon or YouTube to get all of our shows ad-free, watch us recording them live, and get a daily exclusive show. Until next time, Game Daily.